over the last 20 years, I have gone on many different kinds of retreats. Some of them just for a day, some of them for a weekend. Every year I do a retreat of about six or seven days. Some of you know that I was in a monastery a few weeks ago with some Carmelite sisters doing a retreat. I've even done one time a retreat of an entire month, 30 days. And in most of these retreats, including the month-long one, they have been entirely in silence. No talking, no cell phone, no TV or news, no internet. And, you know, some people get pretty freaked out when you start talking about that idea. You start thinking about how, what would that be like? How could I do that? And sometimes when I talk to people about these retreats, you know, many people think the point of the exterior silence is that it'll create this immediate interior peace in the soul. But what's so funny is that I've often found the exact opposite is what happens. Stop talking, no TV, no phone, no internet. And what happens is even if I'm exteriorly quiet, that sometimes I don't sense that interior peace at all. At least not yet. And sometimes it actually gets worse inside. Like this cacophony of words and noise and voices and distractions and unwanted memories, grudges, people I'm upset with, it all kind of can bubble up when you go into that exterior silence. Sometimes peace does come by the grace of God very quickly, but oftentimes it's the exact opposite. And when that happens, especially if someone is new to taking some time away from retreat, the temptation is these things happen, you're doing what you're supposed to do on the retreat, and you're thinking, why did I come here? Why did I ever say this was going to be a good idea to take this weekend, take this time, take this day, and be quiet because all this stuff is coming. Where's the peace? Where's the, where's the wonderful closeness to God? Where's the, the, the positivity? Where's the grace? What happens is that as that goes on, we discover that even though we want God and we want the peace of God, and we came there because we, we were inspired by God. When those things happen, it reveals the truth that only God can really change my soul. Only God can do the work that gets into the heart, that gets to the depths, that gets to the interior. And to allow God to work on my soul and to fill me with his love, we have to wait for him. We have to be in a posture of being ready to receive God's revelation, ready to receive him when he knocks, because we can't cause it. You can't cause God's peace. You can't force him to reveal himself. You can't force him to console you. Oh, he wants to. Oh, he, des- he burns with desire to come to you. But he knows best how to love us. All we do is we put, we put ourselves in a posture of waiting upon the Lord and we don't fix ourselves. Those things come up in the heart, memories, sinful desires, noise, voices in the quiet. 
And the temptation is like, what can I do to stop this right now and fix this? There may be things we're called to do in our lives to, to make changes permanently, for sure. But in the soul, only God can really change the soul. So what happens is it's kind of like you're on a boat that's got holes in it and the water's coming in, you're sinking, and you begin to shovel out the water with a bucket more and more. When you're in the silence of retreat and when you're in the silence of Lent, you discover more holes in the boat. And you begin to shovel faster and faster with a bucket, but you know what? Someone's got to plug the holes. The bucket's not going to do anything ultimately. (laughs) The bucket gives you some time. Only God can plug the holes of your soul and my soul. Only He is the healer. Only He's the one who can take out the roots of and the tendrils of sin and not just chop off some weeds and chop off the bad fruit. This time of Lent we have is such a blessed time. There's a special grace that comes with every liturgical season, and there's a very powerful grace that we enter into today as we receive these ashes on our foreheads in penitence, and we say, Lord, I need your help. Lord, I have sinned. Lord, I have fallen short. Lord, how many times have I let my life be so noisy and so full of ungodly things that I've just let more and more holes come into the boat. Haven't even stopped to look up and wondering like, huh, guess guess there's some rocks coming up there. Maybe I should kind of steer this boat away. I've just let my boat just run into those rocks and just just get wrecked. I'm sorry, Lord. But now, I'm not going to try and fix it myself. I'm going to ask you to be my Savior. I'm going to pray and fast and give alms this season, not to fix myself, but to put myself in a posture where I'm ready to receive you. I'm more ready to hear you. I'm more ready to know your friendship. I'm more ready to live in communion with you and not in isolation from you. What is the reason why we let our lives be filled with noise and sin and ungodly attachments and all the things we're meant to be purified for this Lent? It's because when I'm not living in communion with God, my soul is hungry and thirsty. And it hurts. And all those things we do are band-aids and medication and temporary buckets where we try and stave off the hunger. We try and get rid of some of the pain. But only God can heal your soul. And he wants to so much. He is burning with desire to come to you and meet you this Lent. But it's in his way, in his manner, in his wisdom, and not my own. Just like on a retreat, you may be in silence for seven days and maybe you only have the Lord reveal himself on the seventh day. Oh, it took this much time until I was ready to receive the new love God had for me. Who knows when during this Lent God will reveal himself to us? And who knows when in Easter God will reveal himself to us? 
Because the point of Lent is not to just do 40 days of just like giving up this, giving up that. And when Easter comes, well, I'm just going to go back to my pre-Lent life. That was just a temporary kind of pause. No. Like you're actually entering more into what real life is for you. You want to actually maintain that new way of living that God showed you during Lent. You want to keep that going in Easter. Sure, maybe you go back and have some cheesecake, okay? But you're changed, you're different because you've waited for the Lord. You've put yourself in a posture of receiving through prayer, fasting, and almsgiving these holy traditions of the church that Jesus gives to us. And then we receive God as he wants to reveal himself to us. And we rejoice at Easter that he has saved us from our sins. He has been our savior. I can, I've had no way to save myself. The boat was going down. But he came to me. He came into the world. He rescued me and gave me a firm place to stand and a sure means to travel across the sea of my life and one day to come to the harbor of heaven. Recapturing that and recovering that is what this Lent is all about. I cannot save myself. I cannot rescue myself. I can't fix myself. Lord, you can. If I've lived in isolation and apart from you in any way, I repent. I choose to believe in the gospel. And from this day forward, living in the light of your resurrected glory, I will live in communion with you. I will let you into my heart. We will be together, Lord, you and I. That's what this Lent is all about.